all you have. You are now tuned in to Parker Swayze. So just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's going on, my awesome far, far away family? How are you doing on this wonderful day in the universe? Nothing new to report on our side of the galaxy. Lightsabers are humming, dark lords are plotting, same old stuff. Okay, to get this out by today, we had to do something a little bit different. This episode will not have any news or rumors in it. That will be the first episode next week that we will cover all that. So let's get right into this amazing book. Because last week when we left Bane, he was learning some new stuff from Darth Revan's holocron. Khan had just sent the Blade Master Kasim to either convince Bane to join the Brotherhood or kill him. So let's see what's going to happen next. Those who use the dark side are also bound to serve it. To understand this is to understand the underlying philosophy of the Sith. Bane sat motionless, eyes riveted on the avatar of a Dark Lord 3,000 years dead and gone. Revan's projected image winked out of existence, then slowly flickered back into view. The holocron was failing, dying. The material used to construct it, the crystal that channeled the energy of the Force to give the artifact life was flawed. The more Bane used it, the less stable it became. Yet he couldn't set it aside, even for a single day. He had become obsessed with tapping all the knowledge trapped within, and he spent hours on end drinking in Revan's words with the same single-minded determination he had used when mining Cortosis back in Apatros. The dark side offers power for power's sake. You must crave it, covet it. You must seek power above all else, with no reservation or hesitation. These words rang especially true for Bane, as if the pre-programmed personality of his virtual master sensed it was nearing its end and had tailored its last lessons especially for him. The Force will change you. It will transform you. Some fear this change. The teachings of the Jedi are focused on fighting and controlling this transformation. That is why those who serve the light are limited in what they can accomplish. True power can come only to those who embrace the transformation. There can be no compromise. Mercy, compassion, loyalty, all these things will prevent you from claiming what is rightfully yours. Those who follow the dark side must cast aside these conceits. Those who do not, those who try to walk the path of moderation, will fail, dragged down by their own weakness. The words almost perfectly described Bane as he'd been during his time at the Academy. Despite this, he felt no shame or regret. That Bane no longer existed. Just as he had cast aside the miner from Apatros when he had taken a Sith name, so had he cast aside the stumbling, uncertain apprentice when he had claimed the Darth title for himself. When he'd rejected Cordis and the Brotherhood, he had begun the transformation Revan spoke of. And with the Holocron's help, he was at last on the verge of completing it. Those who accept the power of the dark side must also accept the challenge of holding on to it. By its very nature, the dark side invites rivalry and strife. This is the greatest strength of the Sith. It calls the weak from our order. Yet this rivalry can also be our greatest weakness. 
The strong must be careful lest they be overwhelmed by the ambitions of those beneath them working in concert. Any master who instructs more than one apprentice in the ways of the dark side is a fool. In time, the apprentices will unite their strength and overthrow the master. It's inevitable. Axiomatic. That is why each master must only have one student. Bane didn't respond, but his lip instinctively curled up in disgust as he remembered his instruction at the academy. Cordis and the others had passed the apprentices around from class to class as if they were children in school, instead of heirs to the legacy of the Sith. Was it any wonder he had struggled to reach his full potential in such a flawed system? This is also the reason there can be only one Dark Lord. The Sith must be ruled by a single leader, the very embodiment of the strength and power of the Dark Side. If the leader grows weak, another must rise to seize the mantle. The strong rule, the weak are meant to serve. This is the way it must be. The image flickered and jumped, and then the tiny replica of Darth Revan bowed its head, drawing its hood up to hide its features once more. My time here is ended. Take what I have taught you and use it well. And then Revan was gone. The glow emanating from the holocron faded away to nothing. Bane retrieved the small crystal pyramid from the floor, but it was cold and lifeless in his hands. He felt no trace of the force inside it. The artifact was of no more use to him. As Revan had taught him, it must therefore be discarded. He let it drop to the floor. Then, very slowly and deliberately, he crushed it with the power of the Force until only dust remained. So this chapter starts off with Revan's hologram explaining the true nature of the dark side to Bane. Bane felt that the lessons Revan was teaching were meant just for him. Then Revan tells him one of the things that would change the Sith forever. A master that has more than one apprentice is a fool. Because the apprentices might join forces to overthrow the master, leaving a weaker Sith to lead the order. This resonated with Bane deep within his soul. There should only be one master that rules the Sith. So basically Revan just told Bane why the Brotherhood would fail. They can't be united in the dark side. It limits their ability to draw upon its power. Think about it like this. You have a power source. Every time someone new uses that source, it takes a little of your power, diminishing your power a little each time. But after a while, you only have a small fraction of that power. So the force isn't an unlimited power source. At least that's what Wervin believes. The Sith buzzard broke into Lehan's atmosphere and plummeted down through the clear blue sky. At the controls, Kasim made slight alterations to keep his vessel on its course, a direct line for the homing beacon of the Valson. He'd half expected Bane to have disabled the beacon, or at least changed its frequency. But despite being aware of it, the beacon was standard on virtually all craft, he had left it alone, almost as if he wasn't afraid of anyone coming after him, as if he welcomed it. Within a few minutes, Kasim got a visual on his target. The ship that had once briefly belonged to Cordis, before Bane had taken it for his own, was resting on a beach of white sand, the azure waters of the unknown world's vast oceans on one side, and the impenetrable jungle on the other. Scans showed no signs of life in the immediate vicinity, but Kasim was wary as he brought his own craft in to touch down beside it. He powered down the buzzard and climbed out of the hatch. He felt the energy of the world and the unmistakable presence of Darth Bane, seemingly emanating from the jungle's dark heart. 
Leaping to the ground, he landed with a dull thud on the soft-packed sand, his feet sinking in ever so slightly. A cursory examination of the Valsen confirmed what he'd already suspected. His prey wasn't here. Any tracks Vane might have left in the sand had been washed away by the tides or carried away on the breeze. Yet he knew where he was going. Before him, the jungle loomed lush and vibrant, thick and forbidding, an almost impenetrable wall of vegetation, except for a wide swath carved through it. Someone or something of massive size and strength had torn that path through the trees and undergrowth. Already the jungle was trying to reclaim it. Moss grew thick across the ground, and a vast network of creeping vines wound their way over the surface. But it was clear enough for the Twilight to follow. Hidden eyes were watching him from the jungle. Even without the force, he would have felt their gaze studying him, evaluating him, following his every move in an effort to determine if this newcomer to the ecosystem was hunter or prey. To help clarify his role, he drew out his great double lightsaber and ignited the twin blades, then began to jog slowly down the path. As he ran, he probed the surrounding foliage with the force. Most of the creatures he sensed posed little threat. Still, he was wary. Something had blazed the trail he was following, something big. Almost ten kilometers in, he'd been jogging for nearly an hour. The Blademaster finally encountered his first rancor. The trail took a sharp turn to the east, and as he wound around a corner, the creature burst from the surrounding trees, snarling and howling. Kasim wasn't surprised in the least by the ambush. He'd sent the rancor's presence from several hundred meters away, just as it had surely caught his scent and stopped him from some great distance. He met the creature's charge with calm, ruthless efficiency. Ducking under the first swing, he carved a deep gash along the beast's left foreleg. When it reared back to bellow in pain, he sliced another deep groove in its soft underbelly. The ranger didn't fall right away. It was far too massive to be felled by a pair of wounds from a lightsaber. Instead, the pain drove it into a berserk rage. It flailed about with its teeth and talons, spinning, snapping, and slashing at everything around it. Kasim twisted and dodged, leaping over one attack, then dropping to the ground to roll beneath another. He moved so fast, he would have been nothing but a blur had the ranker not been blinded by rage. And with each evasion, he struck another blow, riddling away at the mountain of sinew and flesh like a master sculptor, working on a lump of lumber. The ranker floundered, lumbering and stumbling as if he were performing some drunken spacer's dance. In contrast, Kasim was quick and precise. With each passing second, his opponent slowed, its strength ebbing away. At last, with a forlorn groan, the beast toppled full and lay motionless. Leaving the beast where it had collapsed, Kasim pressed on with a newfound urgency to his pace. The battle, short and simple as it had proved, was the first time he'd been tested in a true life-or-death struggle since he'd agreed to help Cordis train the students at the academy. He was pleased to see that his skills had not been diminished by the long layoff. Kasim had a feeling he was going to need those skills again before the day was through. This part starts off with Kasim arriving on Lehan. 
Yeah, I found where Bane had left Cordis's ship by using the tractor that was standard by all Sith. It was like Bane wanted to be found because he could have just turned the tracker off. Kasim landed his ship right next to Bane. He knew which way Bane had gone. He just followed the wide path through the jungle. Remember, Bane rode the ranker to the temple, and you know that a ranker leaves a real big path. So Kasim just followed that path. After he had been running for about an hour, he encountered a ranker. Now, instead of him using the force to conquer the ranker's mind, he fought the ranker, cutting through the ranker's flesh with his saber. It wasn't the fight that Kasim wanted, but the blade master longed for the excitement of battle. I don't know if I would take that fight. Me with just a lightsaber against a ranker? That doesn't seem like a lot of fun to me, but that's just my feelings. Bane was sitting cross-legged on the stone floor of the central chamber on the Rakatan Temple's uppermost floor. He was meditating on Revan's words, as he'd often done between the Holocron's lessons. Now that the artifact was gone, it was even more important to contemplate what he'd learned about the nature of the dark side and the path it would lead him down. By its very nature, the dark side invites rivalry and strife. This is the greatest strength of the Sith. It culls the weak from our order. The constant battling of the Sith since the beginning of recorded history served a necessary purpose. It kept the power of the dark side concentrated in a few powerful individuals. The Brotherhood had changed all that. There were now a hundred or more Dark Lords following Khan, but most were weak and inferior. The Sith numbers were greater than they had ever been, yet they were still losing the war against the Jedi. The power of the dark side cannot be dispersed among the masses. It must be concentrated in the few who are worthy of the honor. The strength of numbers was a trap, one that had snared all the great Sith Lords who had come before. Naga Sadao, Exar Kun, Darth Revan, each had been powerful. Each had drawn disciples in, teaching them the ways of the dark side. Each had assembled an army of followers and unleashed them against the Jedi. Yet in each and every case, the servants of light had prevailed. The Jedi would always remain united in their cause. The Sith would always be brought low by infighting and betrayals. The very traits that drove them to individual greatness and glory, the unrelenting ambition, the insatiable hunger for power, would ultimately doom them as a whole. This was the inescapable paradox of the Sith. Khan had tried to solve the problem by making everyone equal in the Brotherhood, but his solution was flawed. It showed no understanding of the real problem, no understanding of the true nature of the Dark Side. The Sith must be ruled by a single leader, the very embodiment of the strength and power of the Dark Side. If all are equal, then none is strong. Yet whoever rose from the swollen and bloated ranks of the Sith to claim the mantle of Dark Lord would never be able to hold it. In time, the apprentices will unite their strength and overthrow the Master. It is inevitable. Together, the weak would overwhelm the strong in a gross perversion of the natural order. But there was another solution. A way to break the endless cycle dragging the Sith down. Bane understood that now. At first he had thought the answer might be to replace the Order of the Sith with a single, all-powerful Dark Lord. No other masters, no apprentices, just one vessel to contain all the knowledge and power of the Dark Side. But he had quickly dismissed the idea. 
Eventually, even a Dark Lord would wither and die. All the knowledge of the Sith would be lost. If the leader grows weak, another must rise to seize the mantle. One alone would never work. But if the Sith numbered exactly two, minions and servants could be drawn into the service of the Dark Side by the temptation of power. They could be given small tastes of what it offered, as an owner might share morsels from the table with his faithful curves. In the end, however, there could be only one true Sith Master. And to serve this master, there could be only one true apprentice. Two there should be, no more, no less. One to embody the power, the other to crave it. The rule of two. This was the knowledge that would lead the dark side into a new age. A revelation that would bring an end to the infighting that had defined the Order for a thousand generations. The Sith would be reborn. The new ways would be swept away, and Bane would be the one to do it. But first, he would have to destroy the Brotherhood. Khan, Cordis, all who'd studied with him on Korriban, all the masters on Rusan, had to be purged until he alone remained. Darth Bane, Lord of the Sith, the title was his by right. There was no other strong enough in the dark side to challenge him. The only question that remained was who was worthy of being his apprentice, and how he would eliminate the others. So this part starts off with Bane meditating, thinking about what Revan had said, contemplating all that he had learned from the ancient master. The dark side invites rivalry. That was the greatest strength of the Sith, by ridding the Sith of its weak. It kept the power of the dark side strong, concentrated in a few that were worthy. Khan defied that rule with the Brotherhood of Darkness. That is why he would fail. Bane thinking that when he destroys them, that he would have all the power of the dark side. Then alone, he could destroy the Jedi. But if he failed, there would be no one to continue to sift. This is when he comes up with the rule of two, a master to embody the dark side and an apprentice to crave it. This would be the way of the Sith. Okay, here's my problem with that plan. What if they both got killed? Then the Sith are just gone forever. It just doesn't seem like a great plan to me. Plus, he would have to kill all the other Sith. Bane is powerful on the dark side, but even as powerful as he is, I don't think that he can kill all of them. There are way too many of them for him to be able to fight them all. Bane! Kasim's voice cut off his thoughts midstream. I come with an invitation from Lord Khan. Bane leapt to his feet, whipping out his lightsaber, enraged at being disturbed on the cusp of enlightenment. He glared at Kasim, as angry at himself for being too engrossed in his own thoughts to sense the Twilix presence as he was at the interruption. How did you find me? He asked, casting out with his mind to see who else might have invaded the Rakatan Temple and its inner sanctum. He felt a mixture of relief and disappointment when he realized Kasim was alone. He'd been hoping for one more, but she must have chosen not to come. Lord Khan told me you had come to this world. Once I entered the atmosphere, I simply followed the Valsin's beacon, the Blade Master replied. How Lord Khan knew you would be here, I couldn't say. Bane suspected Githany must have told him, but he didn't bother telling that to the Twi'lek. Instead, he asked, Did Khan send you to kill me? Kasim gave a slight nod. If you will not join the Brotherhood, I will leave your corpse on this barren and forgotten world. 
Baron? Bane echoed, incredulous. How can you say that? The dark side is strong here. Far stronger than it ever was on Korriban. This is where we will find the power to destroy the Jedi. Not in Khan's brotherhood. Korriban was once a place of great power, too. His former instructor countered. Over the centuries, thousands of Sith have explored its secrets, and none of them discovered any great strategy to defeat our enemy. The Twi'lek ignited his double-bladed lightsaber before continuing. It is time to end this foolish quest, Bane. The old ways have failed. The Jedi defeated those who followed them. Exakun and Darth Riven, they all lost. We have to find a new philosophy if we want to defeat them. For a brief moment, Bane felt the faint flicker of excitement. Kasim's words echoed his own thoughts. Was it possible the Blade Master was the apprentice he sought? Kasim's next words brought Bane's hopes crashing down. Khan understands this. That is why he created the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood is the future of the Dark Side. Bane shook his head. The Blade Master was as blind as all the others. For that, he had to die. Khan is wrong. I will never follow him. I will never join the Brotherhood. Kasim sighed. <sighs> then your life ends here. And he leapt in, his weapon moving with far more speed than he'd ever shown during their practice sessions. Parrying the first sequence, Bane realized his former master had always been holding something in reserve, just as Bane himself had done in the early stages of his battle against Sirak. Only now was he seeing Kasim's true ability, and he was barely able to defend himself. Barely, but still able. His opponent grunted in surprise as Bane warded him off, then stepped back to regroup. He'd come in hard and fast, expecting to end their battle quickly. Now, he had to reevaluate his strategy. You're better than you were when we last fought, he said, clearly impressed and making no attempt to hide it. So are you, Bane responded. Kasim lunged in again, and the room was filled with the hiss and hum of lightsabers striking each other half a dozen times in the space of two heartbeats. Bane would have been carved to ribbons had he tried to react to each move individually. Instead, he simply called upon the Force, letting it flow through him and guide his hand. He gave himself over to the dark side completely, without reservation. His weapon became an extension of the Force, and he responded to the Twi'lek's unstoppable attack with an impenetrable defense. Then he went on the attack. In the past, he had always been afraid to surrender his will to the raw emotions that fuel the dark side. Now he had no such limitations. For the first time, he was calling on his full potential. He drove Kasim back with furious slashes, forcing his old mentor into a backpedaling retreat across the floor of the chamber. Kasim flipped back and out through the door to the hall beyond. But Bane was relentless in his pursuit, leaping forward and coming within a centimeter of landing a crippling blow to the Twilix's leg. His strike was turned aside at the last second, but he quickly followed it up with another series of powerful thrusts and stabs. The Blade Master continued to give ground. 
pushed inexorably back by the raging storm of Bane's onslaught. Each time he tried to change tactics and switch forms, Bane anticipated, reacted, and seized the advantage. The outcome was inevitable. Bane was simply too strong in the Force. Only some unexpected maneuver could save Kasim. But they had fought too many times in the past for him to surprise Bane now. Over the course of his training, Bane had seen every possible sequence, series, move, and trick with the double-bladed lightsaber. And he knew how to counter and nullify them all. The Blade Master became desperate. Leaping, spinning, ducking, rolling, he was wild and reckless in his retreat, seeking now only to escape with his life. But he didn't know the temple like Bane did. Bane kept the roots to the outside cut off, slowly herding his opponent into a dead-end hallway. Recognizing what was happening, Kasim blew open the heavy door of a side room with the force and dived inside. Bane knew there was no other exit, and he paused at the threshold of the room to savor his victory. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. Twilik stood in the center of the empty chamber, panting heavily, stooped ever so slightly, his head bowed. He looked up when Bane stepped through the doorway, but when his gaze met Bane's, there was no hint of defeat in his eyes. You should have finished me when you had the chance, he said. There was less than five meters between them, but it was just enough space for Kasim to give the hilt of his lightsaber a quick twist. The long handle separated in the middle, and suddenly he was armed not with one double-bladed lightsaber, but with a pair of single blades, one in each hand. Bane hesitated. Few of the students at the academy had even attempted to use two sabers at once. The Blade Master had always discouraged them from this variation of the fourth form, saying it was inherently flawed. Now, as he saw the cruel and cunning expression on his enemy's face, Bane understood the real truth. The battle was rejoined, but now it was Bane who was in full retreat. Without proper training, even his enormous command of the Force was unable to anticipate the unfamiliar sequences of the two-handed fighting style. His mind was flooded with a million options of what his opponent might attempt, and he had no experience to draw on to eliminate any of them. Overwhelmed, he staggered back, floundering with the desperation of a drowning man. Within the first few passes, Bane knew he couldn't win. Kasim had trained his entire life for this moment. After years of study, he'd mastered all seven forms of the lightsaber. Then, he'd honed his skills for decades, perfecting every move and sequence until he'd become the perfect weapon and the greatest living swordsman in the galaxy. Maybe the greatest swordsman ever. Bane 
was no match for him. The Blade Master was unrelenting in his pressure. He seemed to wield six blades rather than two. He attacked with a peculiar rhythm designed to keep his foe off balance, coming in with one blade high and the other low at the same time, striking from opposite sides at odd and opposing angles. Bane had no option but to fall back and back and back. He was fronting now with a single purpose, somehow escaping with his life. One hope gave him the strength to persevere in the face of overwhelming odds. One advantage the Blademaster had lacked during his own retreat. He knew the layout of the temple, and he was able to work himself slowly toward the exit. Battling through the halls and corridors, the combatants rounded a corner to bring them inside of the Rakatan Temple's only entrance. The wide archway and the small landing beyond, with the wide staircase leading back down to the ground, nearly 20 meters below. In the instant it took Kasim to recognize where they were and realize that his opponent might still escape, Bane thrust out with the force. He knocked the Twi'lek off balance for a brief second, then backflipped out through the archway and onto the landing. He dropped into a crouch, still facing his opponent. But in his haste, Bane had leapt too far. He was balanced precariously on the precipice of the uppermost stair, the steps falling sharply away behind him. Kasim responded by using the force to knock Bane backward, sending him tumbling down the great stone staircase away from the Blade Master. The fall would have broken his neck, or at least fractured an arm or a leg, if Bane hadn't cocooned himself in the force. Even so, he reached the bottom, bruised, battered, and momentarily stunned. On the landing high above, Kasim stood beneath the massive arch of the temple entrance, staring down at him. I will follow you wherever you run, he said. Wherever you go, I will eventually find you and kill you. Don't live your life in fear, Bane. Better to end it now. I agree, Bane replied hurling out the wave of force energy he'd been gathering during the Blade Master's speech. There was nothing subtle about Bane's attack. The massive shock wave shook the very foundations of the Great Cotton Temple. The concussive blast had enough power to shatter every bone in Cassim's body and pulverize his flesh into a mass of pulpy liquid. But at the last possible instant, he threw up a shield to protect himself from the attack. Unfortunately, he couldn't shield the temple around him. The walls exploded into great chunks of rubble. The archway collapsed in a shower of stone, burying Cassim beneath tons of rock and mortar. A second later, the rest of the roof caved in, drowning out the Twilix's dying screams with a deafening rumble. Bane watched the spectacle of the temple's implosion from the safety of the ground at the foot of the stairs. Billowing clouds of dust rolled out from the wreckage and down the stairs toward him. Exhausted by the long lightsaber battle and drained by the sudden unleashing of the force, he simply lay there until he was covered in a layer of fine white powder. Eventually, he struggled wearily to his feet. Reaching out with the force, he sought some sign that Cassim might still be alive beneath the mountain of stone. He felt nothing. Cassim. His mentor, the only instructor at the academy who had ever actually helped him, was dead. Darth Bane, Dark Lord of the Sith, 
turned his back and walked away. This part starts with Kasim yelling out Bane's name. Bane is a little upset that Kasim interrupted his meditation. Then Bane asks Kasim if Khan has sent him there to kill him. Kasim tells Bane that if he refuses to join the Brotherhood, he will leave his dead body on this forgotten world. Bane considers that Kasim might be the apprentice he sought. Then he pushes the feeling aside because of what Kasim said. Bane tells the Blade Master that he will never join. Then Kasim lunges at him faster than Bane had ever seen before. I don't know what Bane was thinking right here. He knows that he cannot beat Kasim in a lightsaber duel. Kasim might just be the best in the galaxy. Why wouldn't you try to avoid the fight? I have been saying this since the beginning of this book. I think Bane might be a little bit crazy. He does some of the dumbest stuff ever. But he quickly realizes that Kasim had always been holding back. Yeah, that's because Kasim isn't stupid. You never show your full hand to your opponent, not if you want to win. There's a reason that Cortis asked him to teach the apprentices. He is the best duelist of all the Sith. But Bane has something that Kasim didn't. He had a better knowledge of the dark side. He had learned to allow the full power of the dark side to consume him, becoming a true extension of the dark side itself. Bane started pushing the Blade Master back. Kasim blocked all of Bane's attacks. Then he uses the force to push open the door and he jumps into the room with a roll. When Bane enters the door, he finds Kasim just standing there. Kasim tells him that he should have finished him off when he had the chance. Then Kasim rotates the handle of his double-bladed lightsaber, creating two separate lightsabers, one in each hand. This was something that none of the apprentices had ever practiced against. Now it was time for Bane to go on the defensive. Never practicing against this style of combat caused Bane to have to go into full retreat. Kasim, a master of all seven forms of lightsaber combat, had trained his entire life for this moment, and Bane had no training to help him at all. He was just trying to survive at this point. Kasim pushed him back all the way to the front of the temple. Bane knew that he was not going to win this battle with his lightsaber, but he had something that the Blade Master did not, a true understanding of the nature of the Sith. The Sith did not win their battles by might alone. They won with the power of the dark side. Bane used the force to bring the temple's archway down on his teacher, crushing the only master that ever had believed in him. And that's where this chapter comes to an end. I think this is one of the best chapters so far. We finally find out how Bane came up with the rule of two, then Bane beats the greatest swordsman in the galaxy, at least the greatest one we know about. But I think that the author could have done better at describing their battle. He should have just put more detail in it. That's just my opinion. Overall, it was a great chapter. And I think that's all I have for this episode. Join us next time when we cover chapter 24 of this amazing book. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.